Chapters nine and ten of the Long Long Trail by Max Brand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter nine. At this, Morgan Valentine flashed a glance at his companion, indicating that the danger line was being approached. Oh, about five years, he said carelessly. He should have said more. His very carelessness made Mrs. Valentine continue her inquiry, as though she feared that Drear might consider himself slighted by so summary a dismissal from conversation. Five years? Well, you're a secretive man, Morgan. Would you believe, Mr. Drear, that he's never mentioned you in all that time? I've known him to do the same with some of his oldest and best friends. That's Morgan's way. Where was it you first met, Mr. Drear, Morgan? Down in Ireton well well as long ago as that and the subject was closed for mrs valentine then mary entered the lists why that was the time you bought the timber uncle morgan i guess it was i disremember were you one of the men uncle morgan bought it from i never been interested in timber said jess drear horses is more my line but uh, speaking about timber who knows how far he might have rambled afield on the subject of timber and all its possibilities had not chance interrupted him there was a snap and a bright coal leaped out of the fireplace and onto the rug in the flurry of putting it out drear's promised anecdote was forgotten and before he could resume it mary was back on the subject oh did you buy that string of greys for mr drear uncle morgan i just remember how it was that i met drear said valentine with a mild voice like that of one who labours in vain to find a suitable lie drear came to his rescue was in tolliver's saloon we were drinking why uncle morgan i thought it was ten years since you've had a drink not drinkin whisky put in jess drear calmly leastways he was takin lemonade and i was tossin off my red eye that was how we come to talk as plain as day the steady eye of the girl said to him you are lying mr jess drear and i know it but he went on and i'll tell you why mr valentine ain't ever mentioned me it's because he's a modest man but here's the facts i was saying that i had been drinking whisky well when i went out into the sun it got into my head and made it spin when i climbed onto my hoss i raked his side with a spur and the next thing i knew my pinto was ten feet in the air when he landed i kept right on travelin and when pinto seen me on the ground he allowed as i was his meat and started for me he was a man-eater was pinto there i lay stretched out with eight hundred and fifty pounds of red-eyed hoss-flesh tearin for me and about twenty fools lappin their heads off in front of the saloon but there was one man cool enough to see what was comin off a man-killing he had a split part of a second to keep that hoss from reachin me and he done it he outs with his gun and drills pinto clean through the temples as pretty a snapshot as ever i seen and that man was morgan valentine he dropped his hand lightly on the shoulder of valentine but he's so modest that it ain't no wonder he's never talked about me now mary valentine sat next to the tall stranger and she was leaning forward to catch every syllable and read every detail of his expression but for some reason he did not seem to see her his target lay beyond it was elizabeth who had pushed her chair a little out of line with the rest of the circle quite content to let mary take the lion's share of the attention of the evening on her jess drear bent his steady eye and every inflection of his voice was aimed at the girl so that she too leaned forward and before the end was smiling in breathless interest 
while the general exclamation went the rounds at the end of the tale mary snapped a glance over her shoulder at her cousin then she turned her attention back upon the tall man i guess you've made that a bit strong valentine was saying facts are facts said the bandit and rolled a cigarette he had adroitly pushed his host out of the embarrassing centre of the stage and stepped into the spotlight himself pinto reared when the lead hit him coming down one of his forefeet clipped me here and the bandit touched the scar upon his forehead there was a general leaning forward and an intaken breath mrs valentine fixed her starry eyes upon her husband in the clamour mary could say to the stranger without fear of being overheard mr drear how much of that is made up he neither smiled nor flushed guess he said the whole thing lady he answered calmly you sure got faith in my imagination at this point the fire blazed up so hot that mrs valentine had to move her chair it was jess drear who read her wish and pulled the chair back and when he sat down again it was in a place beside lisbeth it would not be fair to mary to say that she was piqued by this occurrence she was not angered she was merely gathered up in the silence of a vast astonishment for the first time in her life she had been overlooked it seemed and her cousin was preferred and yet she had given jess drear his full share of intriguing glances and bright smiles indeed the interest of the stranger in lisbeth was so pointed that the whole family began to notice he gave his host and hostess a phrase or a word now and then but he contrived to make his talk go constantly toward the girl and it was plain that mrs valentine was not altogether displeased as for elizabeth mary saw her at first embarrassed and then flushed and then lost in a great interest she was beginning to dwell on the face of drear while he spoke mary drew her uncle to one side your friend likes elizabeth she said pointedly and elizabeth seems to like him now mary what are you aiming to come at i aim to know who jess drear is ain't you been told tolerable in detail too much detail dear uncle morgan do you think i was taken in by that cock-and-bull story about the mad horse hush mary and his glance sought his wife guiltily i knew it mary you're a nuisance but just tell me who he is and i won't bother you a word more he's a man two legs tolerable long two arms tolerable strong and speaking in general he's like any other man he's as much like any other man said the girl watching him earnestly as a wolf is like a dog look at his hands uncle morgan they're brown he hasn't worn gloves much the way honest cowpunchers do look at the inside of his palms no calluses i noticed when i shook hands with him look at the way he moves like a cat moves uncle don't tell me he's an ordinary man there's all kinds of men and when you're older you'll know it wolf that's foolishness honey a wolf uncle you think he's talking too much to elizabeth oh no elizabeth is too much of a baby to be harmed she's grown up mary on the outside inside she's about ten years old but i'm right about this stranger even charlie and lewis see that he's different usually charlie starts edging up to new men but he keeps clear of drear see how he eyes him there you go again then tell the truth about him i'll tell you this much honey he's not the kind for you to set your cap for you mean that you think i'll flirt with him eh, maybe uncle with a man fifteen years older than i am 
maybe not so old as that but he's old enough you've played around with boys mary and they was no particular harm in it excepting for getting charlie into scrapes now and then but when you start making eyes at a grown man trouble will hit you and not them you admit that it isn't very safe to be friendly with him and yet you've known him five years no matter how long i know him and you keep away from him honey how long does he stay till after you go somewhere there's a mystery said mary valentine and she added suddenly there he is laughing at us now why he knows we're talking about him and he's mocking me honey he ain't laughing with his eyes uncle morgan oh he's a deep one chapter ten if valentine had sought to create a diversion and start new interests by bringing his bandit home he had indubitably succeeded the advent of the stranger had the effect of a bomb which is about to explode no one could really have said why drear was exciting but before he had been in the room for ten minutes each member of valentine's family had felt the same influence of excitement which had affected morgan valentine and induced him to bring the stranger to his home perhaps it was that in spite of the grave decorum of drear's manner one felt about him a native wildness in a way it might be said that he carried a gust of fresh air into the room and he was constantly alert and active after the manner of wild things his hands were rarely still and though he seldom turned his head his eyes went everywhere when he smiled at a remark of elizabeth's mary felt that he was laughing at her and charlie felt that he was being mocked not that the stranger pointedly ignored the rest of the room but it seemed that he had happened to sit down by elizabeth and he found her sufficiently entertaining but the great point of wonder was that elizabeth was actually talking at first haltingly confused because the eyes of the others in the room were occasionally turning upon her with wonder but by degrees warming into complete forgetfulness of the rest she lowered her voice she was talking to the tall man alone about what the others caught fragments of phrases about her horses about her last hunting trip about the lobo she shot last spring she had begun by asking timidly polite questions she ended by chattering gaily about herself it was a pretty thing to see her grow excited what mary valentine could not decide was whether her cousin was excited by jess drear the man or jess drear the audience she was similarly puzzled by drear in another she would have thought his attitude one of polite indifference but she could not be sure of him and his mental status she had known many a boy and many a boy's mind they always showed their entire hand at once one read the cards was fascinated for a moment perhaps and the next moment became bored because the antagonist was a known quantity but jess drear was not known he lurked behind a screen he revealed not half not a tithe of his strength or of his weakness for that matter as far as mary could make out this fellow had brought lizabeth out of her shell as another woman might have done it was odd mary would have given a great deal to know why he winced when a door was opened behind him why his eyes were apt to flash suddenly up glitter and droop she felt that he would be more content if his chair were back against the wall it was at this point in her train of thought that the doorbell rang and mary sprang up to answer it 
she was glad to get away from the room she wanted to have the chill air of the night against her face to breathe of it in the hope that it would clear a mist from her mind and enable her to think logically and brush away her rising excitement for the question was beating into her consciousness always what is jess drear her uncle had put her off why or did he know and was jess drear there because he had some claim and power over morgan valentine she threw open the front door after she had gone thoughtfully down the hall and she saw dim figures in the moonlight and with the reek of a long horseback ride about them sheriff claney of salt springs and another man now sheriff claney's boy had been one of mary's victims in the near past and that was the reason that she threw a conciliatory warmth into her greeting why sheriff claney come in dad will be happy to see you the sheriff smiled at her and in smiling the ends of his drooping moustaches bristled out to the sides like tusks mostly folks feel another way when i come along to say how do you do but wait a minute mary i ain't here on a pleasure call you have business here she thought of charlie's affair with joe norman that miserable norman family have they sent you after charlie the sheriff smiled disagreeably i don't know anything about charlie and the norman boy he said i don't go prying after trouble mostly enough of it comes my way without hunting all i want to do is to ask you a few questions mary and you won't come in nope is there a man in your house called jess drear the floodgates opened the water burst through the dam and mary valentine was picked up in a torrent of sudden knowledge jess drear the question flashed a lantern light on the man jess drear she repeated that's the name is he inside she fought for time as a matter of fact she was balancing between two impulses the first was to hand this fellow over to the law at once the second impulse was uh, she did not know what but certainly it was to keep him safe what does he look like about as tall as my friend here mr john caswell miss mary valentine about as tall as caswell maybe a mite smaller big shoulders i understand and the sort of a face that's easy to remember quiet soft-spoken active with his hands she still paused how fast her mind was working and therefore her speech was slow oh yes i remember now yes uh, there was a man like that here and now that i remember i think he said that his name was jess drear but he ain't here now N no he rode away quite a while ago i told you so said the big man who had been called caswell that gent is a fox he's got these people on his side but sheriff claney hushed the other with a raised hand i think maybe you're mistaken miss we've got an idea that drear is in the house right now maybe he's hiding and you don't know it but we got his hoss and his saddle in fact we found his hoss in the corral and saddled her and now we got that hoss waitin for mr drear of course you have his horse mary valentine nodded he left the mare and took one of dad's horses i think he paid dad something into the bargain for the exchange how long ago sheriff claney asked oh an hour but sheriff come on inside and search the house if you want not if he's gone which way he took that road you ought to catch him in the mountains how's your hoss caswell played out so's mine pretty nigh well then come in sheriff for she knew perfectly that this bulldog would not leave the trail she leaned against the side of the door and laughed at him i think that for a moment you suspected that we were sheltering him 
but what's he done what's he done caswell said explosively what ain't he done he's done enough to bring me a thousand miles on the trail what's he done why that's jess drear they scare their kids with that name down south one might have thought that mary valentine would shrink in horror at this news she did not no a fire came into her eyes is he as bad as all that oh i hope you get him mr caswell right down that road she ran to the front of the veranda hurry i'll go back and tell dad about it he'll be after you in five minutes with fresh horses he'll take along a couple of fresh mounts for you come on caswell but caswell with his foot on the verge of taking the first step down paused what i don't figure he said is why drear left his own saddle behind it's hard enough to figure why he left the hoss because he knew you were on his heels caswell cried claney hurry up man he's gaining miles on us how'd he know i was on his heels nobody else has given him a run not for five years he's always give the others too hot a reception at the end of the trail them that ever come up with him facts is facts come on i'm thinking and he rubbed his chin and stared hard at mary valentine don't you see that he's getting away she cried in an apparent frenzy seems to me ma'am that you're in a considerable trouble to have him caught most of the women-folk i know most generally hopes he gets away caswell i'm going on without you wait a minute claney it won't do the latter turned and hurried back up the steps i'll tell you why explained the man from the south that hoss has been with drear for eight years ten times he could have changed her for a fresh hoss when he was being trailed but he never wouldn't do it and why does he do it now even if he knowed i was after him that mare could have kept on going and run down a fresh hoss she ain't common hoss flesh she's all leather inside and out i know her well where are you aiming claney turned on mary i'm aiming to search this house and i don't think i'll have far to go she stared at him an instant you're a little insulting said mary drawing herself up and then seeing that he would persist in his purpose she slipped before him and opened the door come in then said mary but when he made a step forward she slammed the door in his face and the astonished sheriffs heard the heavy bolt click home End of chapters nine and ten